Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night here on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight you're listening to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain offers an open and candid dialogue platform in which you can discuss issues involving sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addiction, depression, just to name a few. Join us tonight with your host, Janoris, Tasha, Tammy, and Tony. Good evening, everyone. Tonight is Thursday, October 13th, 2016, and I'd like to welcome you to tonight's episode of Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. I am your host, Janoris, and I'd like to introduce to you my lovely co-host, Natasha. Hello, everybody. Uh, How about some applause, engineer? It is too early in the night for you to be sleeping on the job, engineer. Come on now. (laughs) Now, now I can feel like a celebrity. Let me hear another round of applause. (laughs) Oh. Oh Oh my gosh. So family, we are nine days away from the Breaking the Silence Healing the Pain conference that will be held in Thompson, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, October twenty second from twelve PM until five PM. Tickets are going really, really fast. We only have a few left. Uh, so if you have not yet gotten your ticket, please go on the Facebook page, uh, inbox us, and let us know uh, how many tickets you'd like to have so that we can get them out to you. You don't want to miss the show. You do not want to miss this conference. It's really, really going to be a fabulous, fabulous event. Like a lot of people were talking as we were trying to sell tickets and talking to people about the uh, conference. <clears throat> we had some people that said, you know, well, it just sounds like it's going to be really sad, and I don't want to be a part of, you know, the sadness, and I've never been a victim of, you know, any kind of abuse or anything, and I just want to say for people who are feeling that way, this is not going to be a gloom and doom. There will be some really real conversation going on. I just want to say that out front. It's going to be some real conversation, but there's also going to be a lot of conversation about how people were able to overcome the things that have happened to them in life. I mean, things happen to us. That's just a part of life. And, you know, I think that a part of the problem that we have as a society is we don't get help for those things. We bury them down. 
to protect ourselves, to protect our heart. Sometimes we don't know what to do. And I'm not saying this to be judgmental. I'm just saying what I've learned out of my research and out of living myself, out of my own life. You know, we tend to take things that happen to us that are traumatic and we bury them deep, deep, deep inside. And when we don't allow those things to be able to come out and we don't allow ourselves to get help and we don't allow ourselves to get healed, we remain mentally unhealthy, sometimes physically unhealthy. And that can manifest itself in a lot of different things, alcoholism, drug addiction, a lot of things that we use to try and cope with what we're feeling because we don't really know what to do with that. And so I just want to encourage you, Call your girlfriends, call your boyfriends, call your friends, your family. Get some tickets. Come out and share this. This is a healing event, and it will change your life. It will change your perspective and hopefully be able to help people and make this world a better place and make the members a better people. So please take take some time and come out. Tarsha, what do you want to say about the conference? Like, Tell me how how you're feeling and share with the family how you're feeling about it. Well, I'm feeling like I'm very excited about the conference because when I think about breaking the silence and healing the pain, I just go from my personal experience. And just by my personal experience, it has helped me tremendously of coming forward and breaking the silence about, um, you know, my sexual abuse. And it has helped me to realize how it it caused me to make bad choices and make make bad decisions for my life. I couldn't understand why I could not, um, you know, just think clearly and why I was so angry, why I was so bitter, um, why I could not be happy in my life. So breaking a silence is what helps, and it's not just for women. I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. we started off with, you know, this being focused and geared towards women, but it's men also. I've been having some really deep conversations with men and how, you know, they have been hurting and oppressed for so many years about different things that went on in their life as far as abuse, um, you know, addictions, you know, from um, generational curses. And I think that this event is just going to be so encouraging and uplifting for everybody, not just for women. And I'm in, I, I pray that everybody will be inspired and walk away knowing that they have hope, you know, and taking courage and taking a stand, you know, and be able to break that silence and walk in your truth. That's right. That's right. We're going to have some dynamic speakers. We have uh, three very dynamic speakers. We're going to have the stories of those three speakers but also the story of one of our co-hosts, Tarsha, and we're going to have some live entertainment, some some beautiful singing, some beautiful dancing. There will be raffles, so you'll have an opportunity to be able to win door prizes, and we will have vendors there. Uh, we'll be selling, um, have books there for people who would, you know, like to buy books on on uh, different things. It's it's going to be 
great. It's going to be great food, great music, an opportunity to be able to network. We will have professional resources there for anyone who might want to seek uh, counseling or seek some, get some information on anything. This is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so we will have representation there, have resources uh, for that as well. So it's going to be it, it's, it, there's a lot of things planned, a lot of things planned. And we're also going to have some breakout sessions at the um, afternoon uh, portion of the conference. And so we'll have our speakers, and, you know, we ask that you um, come and you listen, and you'll be uh, have the opportunity to be able to select a breakout session if you would like to go and speak uh, more candidly or more one-on-one uh, private uh, sessions in the breakout rooms, and um, it's just going to be great. So I am so, so excited. It's coming up, like, really, really fast, nine days away. And, um, you know, if you have not yet gotten your tickets, please, please do that. Whew. Did I miss anything? You did not miss anything. Didn't miss anything? Okay. All right, so tonight's topic. Tonight's topic is uh, children of incest, an insider's perspective. So um, as I was researching for the show tonight, um, I came across uh, a website, and it's a website for survivors of incest. And on the website, there was a letter, and the letter was from a person who had suffered from incest. And the letter was speaking about what had happened, telling themselves basically that they were not at fault for what happened, that they were victimized by the person that was supposed to protect them and love them, and it was not their fault, and they didn't have to be ashamed, and that they could speak out and that there were people that would help. And so I'm going to post this website uh, on our on our page at the end of the show for anybody who would like to uh, take an opportunity to, to go on and maybe get some, get some helpful information with that. So tonight we also have a special guest host. And uh, at the break, we're going to take a few moments, a little early today, tonight, but we're going to take a few moments, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Aziza. She is our guest. Uh, if you would like to join in our conversation, please give us a call at 378-49638. That's 323-784-9638. We're going to have, um, have Aziza on to speak with us, so we're going to take a break for a few moments, and we'll be back, and we're going to get into this topic. So call people. Join in. It's going to be really amazing. She's a very dynamic woman. We'll be back with you in a few. Hello, everybody. My name is Towns Douglas, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. violence. We 
are breaking the silence, healing the pain. Let's just put it out there. What do you think? Sex addiction. Is it a diagnosis or an excuse? It's, it depends on the person itself and what we define as sexual addiction. All sexual addiction is not negative. Our topic tonight will be marriage versus living together. Does a piece of paper make a difference? Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what kind of marriage are we referring to here? Let's clarify that. <laughs> so come on, you survivors. Join us every Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern so you can break the silence and heal the pain. Right here on SOAR. This is the soul of America Radio. If you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. Worldwide Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. And welcome back to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us. We're just joining us. Uh, this is Junoris, and we're Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Tonight, our topic is Children of Incest. An insider's perspective. Tonight, my co-host Latarsha and I have a guest co-host. She will be joining us tonight, and she's also going to be a speaker at the conference that's happening on October 22nd here in Towson, Maryland, um, from 12 until 5 p.m. With everybody, welcome Aziza to the show. Yay! Hi, Aziza. Hi, guys. Engineer. Oh. <laughs> All right, that's better. Well, Hi, thank you, thank you. Hi, everybody. Hi, Latasha. Hi, Janoris. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi. So, welcome, welcome. So, please thank you. open up and share, Aziza. Um, well, okay, I guess I'll just jump right into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So my, um, when I was eight years old, my father started molesting me. Um, by the time I was 12, he um, had deemed me his sex slave, and I got pregnant for my first child with him, for him by the time I was 15. In total, I've had five children for my father. His name is Aswada Yinde. He was the... A music video director for the Fuji's Killing Me Softly. That's what he's most known for. He directed other music videos, but he won an MTV Music Award for that video. And um, I didn't escape him until I was about 23 years old. So um, I wanted to focus on this topic as far as children born of incest because most 
women who do who do get pregnant out of either rape or some kind of incestuous relationship, they usually either abort their children or give the children up to adoption, where for me, I've had four, and I've raised all of them. Um, one of them passed in October in 2010, October 17th, so in a few days, mm. it will actually be the sixth anniversary for her. And I miss her dearly. Um, but, you know, it is definitely having a reminder of the abuse that I suffered through my children. I I like to talk about them because I don't see them as any kind of curse or burden or, you know, this, there are challenges. Yes, indeed. Um, but there are challenges that come with any child with, for a parent, there are challenges in child rearing, but there are unique challenges to raising children who basically we have, we're also brothers and sisters. So, um, you know, let's get this conversation started. Wow. Have you, have you always, was there ever a time when you felt differently about having or keeping your children as you do today? Like I, I've talked to you, we've talked, I know you love your children dearly, and I know you earlier stated that some people um, consider adoption and that kind of, was that ever anything that you considered? Well, I think where my situation was unique was that um, I did, I was pregnant for my father and I lived with him and was kept isolated from most of society. So I was raised with the belief that abortion was obviously not an option. And he also had decided that the children that I was having was special, that they were ordained by God and that they were part of a new race. So abortion was not even a consideration because from a young child, I was taught that abortion was wrong. So no, it wasn't a consideration. Now what's interesting is that in the process of escaping my father, my children were taken from out of my custody and put into foster care. But even then, you know, I had people telling me that maybe I should just let go of them because of where they came from, and I refuse to. I love my children dearly. They are a part of me. I see them as gifts from my creator, and that was just not an option. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, no, I, it was never a thought. It was never a thought. And when, I, and I, when I first started speaking to women and other survivors, and they would express to me yeah, I started learning about the idea of because in um, children born through incest and rape, if they should be aborted, that was like the first time I really heard of it because in my mind, through my perspective, my children were me. You know, they were part of me. They were gifts from, from God, however they came about, and it just wasn't a consideration to not, keep them with me. So I was devastated when the authorities came in and took my children and I did whatever it is, whatever it was I had to do in order to get them back. Wow. 
How long was there away from you? Yes. Three years. Three years. Three years. Wow. Three years. I literally, I got them back 10 days before they went up for adoption. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there were so many forces working against me. Um, I, I had to transfer through different counties. And in the first county that this case first opened was a very biased and racist county. And my caseworker was very biased and very racist. So there were a lot of things held up. They didn't follow protocol, with which, you know, legally and, um, you know, but uh, I got them back. So, Aziza, I just want to ask you, what, what, on what grounds were they able to take the kids? Um, child abuse and neglect. Because I was technically an adult, even though I was abused and I hadn't been to school, um, I was I was homeschooled, and my I had siblings and my even my own children. There was no record of them. They had no birth certificates because they were all born at home. They charged me with child abuse and neglect because my father had fled. So I was the only adult, being that I was over 18, present, and I took on all of the responsibility and the charges for the health conditions or the the potential lack of, you know, health and treatment that my kids had and didn't have. So Right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. It's I I review like I go over it in my head over and over again and I look at I've spoken to people, they say that I have grounds where I could sue or, you know, get some kind of I don't know, retribution or whatever because the the case was not handled correctly and the thing was was that when I was little the um, social services did come in. There was a report made when my father started molesting me, but the investigation that they did, um, they had they didn't close the case. It's called where it's unfounded. The report was unfounded, which actually means that there is not enough evidence to say that there is abuse going on in the household. It doesn't mean that there is no evidence, but it's not enough evidence to continue to put the time in investigating. Wow. Did they did they question you about um what 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 did the investigation consist of as as you remember it? Well, I was um I think I had just turned 9 at the time mm-hmm. and I vaguely remember them asking me and sh- um, asking me things that had happened to me using a doll. And as a child, I was afraid of my father. I was afraid of my parents. And even before they spoke to me, you know, my dad took me aside and he explained to me that I was to not tell these people what he was doing. So, you know, as a child in my head, I could either do what my father says in order to avoid being a punishment or, you know, cooperate with these complete strangers. So um, at the risk of 
because I thought that there was a risk that I would continue, that what I was going through would get worse if I didn't do what my father told me when they asked me about places <clears throat> on the doll, then, you know, I told them no. I told them mm-hmm. no. That's the only thing that I remember. That's the only thing that I remember, that they showed me a doll and they showed me one place on the doll and asked me, had anybody touched me there? And I told them, no. I don't even remember clearly where at on the doll, but it was like after that one question, then everything was wrapped up, you know? So that's all that I remember. Right. right. Hmm. Yeah, so. So were you allowed to have, like, Friends to come over when you were you were homeschooled. You stayed I was homeschooled, in. yes. So were you allowed to have like um, neighborhood friends to come over and play like on the weekends or after school or? Um, up until a certain age, when my father started molesting me, that's when interaction with other children then became less and less. Um, the, there was one girl that I was I considered my best friend and she was my father was polygamous and this was his girlfriend's daughter no I'm sorry his girlfriend's sister little sister and we were the same age so when his girlfriend would come and stay over she would bring her sister in order you know for us to interact and um that was my friend you know, and that was during the time that my father was molesting me. And oddly enough, there was one night that she was allowed to stay the night with us by herself without her sister being there, and my father tried to molest her. He tried to touch her. And after that, she wasn't allowed to come over again. She wasn't allowed to come and visit. And then my father continue to limit our interaction with family members, with other family members. My brother was still allowed to play with the kids on the block, but I was not allowed to have any friends over or talk to boys or um, even go outside of the fence, go outside the gate that was around our house. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it's all a part of the control. And what I find, what I am slightly fascinated by with abusers is how do they come up with these techniques? I'm like, okay, is there a book or a class that everybody takes? I mean, I know it's making light of it, but I'm trying to understand what goes on in an abuser's head where they come up with these techniques that work, you know, that that instills fear into their victims, makes the victims not trust, I mean, anybody else. I didn't trust anybody. I thought that anything that I could have done would have backfired. And the person that was closest to me was, my father. He was right there. He was in the house. He was he was close to me. And if I were to possibly tell somebody, 
and I had my, my siblings. All We were all taught to tell on each other. That was another way my father controlled the household. My brother, who was born after me, he was required to watch me anytime I interacted with anybody and report back to my father everything that was said and everything that was done. So that right there then, you know, kept me afraid and kept me just under control and not confident in myself or in anybody where I would think that I could tell somebody and get what was happening to me stopped. Wow. Yeah. Now, when you were going through this, because um, I know for me, I experienced a lot of shame, and it caused me to um, react um, like I was always angry. I was always bitter. Um, I could not... Um, it was hard for me to allow people to get really, really close to me. Like I, people were always, <clears throat> excuse me, around me, but it was hard for me to allow them to to get too close to me. And and, and I felt shamed, and I, I felt shamed, and always felt like disgusted with myself. Mm. Did you experience any of that? Um. I wouldn't I wouldn't say disgusted in myself because I um I have very few examples to compare myself to. Like I feel like when you're disappointed in yourself it's because okay. you kind of have an example, an outside example to you know, it sets the standard. Right, right. They're the standard. You know, you have other people that are examples that are that that gives you a standard of of what you want to achieve, or you know, at least you should function in this manner compared to other people. Where me, there really wasn't a standard. My my mother, her position was brought down to our level, to the level of a child. You know, my father beat her anything that she questioned. Anytime she questioned what she was doing, he demeaned her, he beat her, he mentally abused her, he attacked her self-esteem. And that was the example that me and my siblings grew up with. So I, I guess I didn't feel disgusted in myself, but I felt a different kind of disgust because my father would specifically tell me that I was nasty or that I was a slut or that I was a whore because that's, those are the things that he got off on. He got off on doing certain things to me to kind of give me those stigmas. Um, okay. You, you see what I'm saying? So right, it, it was right, in right. a different way. It was something that was instilled in me. Where I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that you're saying you kind of developed it on your own, where me it was more or less programmed into me. Do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so, um, it was, no, I was just going to ask, when you say that, you mean in the way that they brainwash you and manipulate you and 
make you believe that this is okay. This is my way exactly. of showing you that I love you. Well, there's that, and, and it changed. It changed. Like when when I was very young, um, mm-hmm. my father used the technique of making me feel special. You know, I was the oldest. He he told me that I was beautiful and that I was special, and this is a special relationship that he and I had that I had to keep secret. And in a way, it was almost like a reward. You know, it was like, well, I'm giving you this extra attention because you are so smart, you do so well, and there was that form of brainwashing. Now, after I got older and after he actually had intercourse with me and he raped me, everything changed. Then I, I was a little older. I started to question him. I started to fight back more physically, and that's when he became the most violent. And he, that's when the, the the trying to break me down as much as possible by making me feel inferior and making me feel like I was unworthy of any anybody's attention and I should be grateful that he is giving me attention. So it changed. It changed. And then when I started having children, then it turned into, well, my children were were gifts, and they were ordained by God, and they're special, and they're a new race, and I'm the conduit that they're coming through. So to a certain degree, that made me special. So it changed through, you know, through different ages. It was when I was eight and nine, it was different from when I was 13, and that was different from when I was 17. So I just think that he just, changed whatever he felt would work as I developed, as my brain developed, and as, I mean, through his business, um, I was exposed to more people. I was exposed to celebrities, but by then there was such strong mental change on me. Like, he could, quote, unquote, leave me in the room with somebody and know that I would never do anything because, he would then drill me afterwards and he would punish me in different ways if he did find out that, you know, why Cliff Jean from the Fugees was trying to flirt with me. Then he blamed me for having the attention, for for attracting the attention. And that was his own method. That was another method of keeping me oppressed, ultimately. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna thank you, Aziza. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a few moments and uh, take a break. We will be back shortly. If you would like to um, have a, a conversation, ask some questions of Aziza. She's uh, open to discussing um, uh, anything you'd like to talk about tonight. So give us a call at three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. And we will be back in a few moments. This is the 
soul of America Radio. If you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. Worldwide Talk Radio. This is the soul of America Radio. Sexual abuse. Emotional abuse. Addiction. And depression. Domestic violence. We are breaking the silence. Healing the pain. Remember, if you want to join us on the show, dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 if you want to speak on the air. And now, back to the show and our hosts, Janoris, Latarsha, and Tammy. Children of Incest and Insider's Perspective. We've been speaking with Aziza. Aziza, thank you so much. Are you back with us? Yes, I am. I'm here. Okay. Uh, so we um, have several people on the board. We do have someone in the chat room who uh, has sent a question in. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. Oh, okay. They said, um, are you doing anything currently in terms of support groups for people who have been the victims of incest? Um, I I have my nonprofit organization called Precious Little Ladies, and while we have not gotten to the point where, you know, we have established support groups, that is the plan. One of the programs that we do want to provide is um, a support group for mothers who are dealing with, you know, their their daughters maybe have been abused or molested and also women in general who are survivors of abuse and molestation and incest. Um, but I have spoken to other groups that have been put together by other people, um, and they are not, even some of the groups that I've spoken with, that wasn't necessarily the case, like that wasn't the focus. I do go to domestic violence shelters where there are women there, and I've had a meeting, and it was talking about domestic violence, but then it turned out, you know, some of the women there have been survivorization or some form of incest. So, um, as I said before, <laughs> I don't currently have one organized, <laughs> okay. but we're working towards that. My organization is working towards that. So, I'll and, keep and, you guys say, and tell us the name again, please. The the name of the organization is called Precious Little Ladies, and we seek to combat child molestation and domestic violence by strengthening the bond between mothers and daughters. 
because, and the reason why I'm taking that route is because I feel like that was definitely something missing in my family. My mom was not an ally to me. And um, I felt that I couldn't trust her for, for various reasons. I mean, she went through the stage of the confusion, I guess, that, okay, I've read about definitely the confusion that a woman goes through when they find out that their partner, their husband, or their boyfriend is molesting their daughter. There is the, well, you want to protect your child, but then you feel betrayed by your child and, and by your partner. So there's this weird dynamic, and my mom definitely went through that. There was a point that she saw me as the other woman. And I think that if the bond between us was stronger as mother and daughter from when I was younger and she was more educated on how to protect me and and how to protect herself, then this definitely would not have gone as far as it did. So that's what our organization is really focusing on. And she's actually a board member, so... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, oh, my you. goodness. Here we have another one. Oh, my goodness. The chat room is, is on fire tonight. So <laughs> this one, she says, I am 16 years old, and my best friend told me that she was being molested by her dad. She promised me to secrecy. But I feel so bad. What should I do? Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, She promised. And that's that's another thing. There's this, this, there's this, this trust factor. Definitely, like, well, you don't want to violate the trust that you have between you and a friend, especially for young girls. But um, my advice would be to definitely talk to some a woman that she could trust. So if there's what is did she doesn't say her name or anything? No, she doesn't. No, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Maybe she could right, talk well, to her. Yeah, we're gonna ask, honey, that you um. Yeah, that you you in you inbox us some information, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll try and get some something posted on on our page. We'll get something posted on our page that can uh, point you in the right direction and to be able to to give you some assistance with that. Thank you so much for thank you so much for writing in. Yes, definitely. And that try continue to talk to your friend. I'm going to continue to talk to her friend and, you know, maybe point her to some literature so she could kind of, you know, look to tell somebody herself. Yeah. So, so, and I'll, 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 go on, Tosh. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I would definitely encourage her, you know, just continue to encourage her to want to. Um, expose it, you know, um, and just yeah. trying to figure out what are her fears, um, what is causing her to be afraid because she could be afraid for her life. You just never know what it is, but you right. know, just to c- continue to keep encouraging her 
and being a good listener to her so she will always know what's going on. Right, right. So what were you getting ready to say, Janoris? Oh, no. I, I, I didn't have anything that I was, I was saying. I'm just trying to process. I'm just trying to process. Oh, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would well, anyone that have any questions for Aziza? Yeah. Anybody has any questions? Please feel free to call in. It's a, a judge-free zone. Um, she's here to to um, be candid and open, and you know, ask. Just ask. It's like um, I know it's a tough. You know, like it's a tough subject. It's a really tough subject, uh, but right. I just, you know I'm just so um, happy to have made Aziza's acquaintance, and I just you know I, I admire your strength, I admire your courage, I admire who you are and what you're doing, and I'm just I'm just really happy to be able to call you my friend. So thank you so much for um, for yeah. what you're doing. Like you're amazing. I <laughs> think you're absolutely amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you guys right. for what you for what you're doing as well. Because I mean, obviously, we have to work together. You know, even like right now, my mind is going crazy about this young lady that just that just wrote in. And I'm really trying to figure out, and I guess we're going to have to put our heads together. And I'm like, well, um, she is going to definitely have to find her strength in order to tell somebody that could do something. I'm sorry. I'm just a little distracted by that. Um, But obviously because... You guys are doing what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing, and we are getting together and doing it together is what then brings out the the girls that are out there that feel like they can't do anything. You see what I'm saying? Like it offers them a platform, and I want to thank you guys as well. So. And you right. know what, honey, yeah. for for the the young lady who who's uh, wrote in on the chat room, you know, school. Your school has counselors. I just thought about that. School has counselors. So you know, see if you can go to the counselor at the school and share um, share what your experience is. And you know there is confidentiality among um, among mm-hmm. therapists and counselors, so that might be a really good place to go. But we're really really proud of you for looking out for your friend. And yeah. um, I don't yeah. know if your friend is listening, but you know there is help, there is hope. So start with your start with your counselor. Start with your counselor, and um, you know, yeah, there there is help. There is hope. There is. There is. Um, we hey, I didn't also... want to interrupt. I didn't want to interrupt. I'm in the engineer in the back. I'm a nothing, nobody, low life. But I heard what you're saying. I'm Tony. And I wanted to say that mm-hmm. in Revelations 12:11, for whoever that young lady is, it says that you that we're triumphed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's why our guest is where she is. So please talk to people. Don't ever give up on on talking and it's 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 a fear but this young lady Aziza did I say that right? Aziza? Aziza. 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 That was my second choice. But she's done so <laughs> much for herself and I've been looking at her on the web on the website. She is a a, a I mean a very good example. So 
I, we don't give we we uh we we don't give advice technically, but we can point you in the right direction. And I would say do what what the show says. Break that silence. Tell as many people as you can. Don't stop talking to people because as long as you let that silence lay there, it's not going anywhere. And uh, like I said, we don't give advice, but that's, I just want to chime in. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to my dungeon now. <laughs> always always <laughs> happy to have you. Always happy to have you. Oh, we have another caller yeah. um, that's holding. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that, Tony. We appreciate it so much. We also have uh, someone holding who wants to speak. Uh, we have Ward Ellington, Jr. Um, hello, Ward. Hey, how y'all doing? Hello. Good. How are you? Wow, this is such an amazing topic, and you all have such an amazing guest idea of the magnitude of what she has been through and how she's able to remain strong and to be a beacon of hope and light for others by sharing her story is what is all about what your forum is about. So I just like to just mm-hmm. call in and chime in and uh commend Aziza for Aziza, yes. deal, Aziza for dealing with the many layers of emotions that you must have had and still are having to deal with by what you've been through. So kudos to you and um and um and anyone who's struggling with anything of this nature or anything near just take some insight from what you're hearing tonight. Because you get some good information and some good learning points. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I have to thank you so much, Ward Ellen to Junior. Thank you for for calling in and sharing that. And I have to, I have to agree. Like when I, I when I reached out to Aziza and we had an opportunity to speak, I was just blown away at her beautiful spirit and the courage that she has. And I am just. I mean, really, um, you, you really are an example of what it is that we're doing here. Like, you, you are a shining example of that. And so because we are hurt and because we um, have been broken and scarred, it does not mean that that's how we have to stay. And you right, exactly. and, uh, and everything that you've done is, is a prime example that you have. Uh, you're actually an author. You want to speak on that a little bit, Aziz? I think that would be great oh. for people to know. Yeah, my um um so I wrote my book, Unashamed, a Life Tainted, and it chronicles my experience with my father, if that's what you want to call it. It chronicles a portion of my life. There was just so much I couldn't get it all into one book, but you know, it goes through um my experience with my father even being abused at the same time, having him in the public eye, me giving birth to my children, all the way through um, when we did finally report him to authorities and he was sentenced. So it it gives, it's like kind of everything in a nutshell. And um, I, I use the book and I promote the book to 
one help to encourage other survivors. I mean, this experience, no one has the solution. No one has a solution, but I hope and I pray and I trust in my creator that he has put something inside of me and has put me through everything that I've been through, hopefully to help other people. So I share my story and I share my testimony um, with the confidence that there will be, you know, maybe some psychologists, other counselors, survivors, moms, dads, they can get pull information from my experience in order to help prevent this from happening to as many people as possible. So Mm -hmm. it's available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes & Noble. I will have some copies to sign at the Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain conference. And, um, yeah, and it's on my website also, azizakabibi.com. And I also want to tell the young lady that had uh, wrote in about her friend, get your friend to read my blog. That has actually helped other young girls find the strength and access the strength in them that I believe God has given us all. We just have to learn how to access it to then say something and tell somebody and get help. So that, that definitely has been done. So I'll suggest that. <laughs> and how can she, how can she reach that? Is that on your, uh, on your page? Aziza? Yeah, well, um, it's on Blogspot. Uh, it's Aziza. Oh, I'm sorry. AzizaKabibi.com is my website, A-Z-I-Z-A-K-I-B-I-B-I.com. But my blog is Unashamed and Open Book. So I could post the link on the Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain Facebook page, if possible, Great. or wherever else, oh, you know, maybe that she is, she could access it, and then she can just click on it and go to it, so... Sounds great. Sounds great. Okay, well, we um, have a few moments left. We're going to take a few moments break, and we'll be back, and we're going to wrap it up tonight. We have been speaking with Aziza, and we will be back in a few. All right. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addictions, and depression, domestic violence. We are breaking the silence, healing the pain. On October 22, 2016, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., we will be hosting the Breaking the Silence Tour 2016 at the Marriott Hotel and Conference Center in Towson, Maryland. The seminar will feature three guest speakers who will share their stories and what they have done to overcome their circumstances. We will have question and answer breakout sessions with the speakers and local professional counselors who specialize in sexual abuse, domestic violence, drug addiction. We will provide resources 
on the various topics and contact information for anyone who desires counseling. Please make plans to be there. Worldwide, Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Soul. And we're back. And we are back. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Janoris, and we are about to wrap up our show tonight. Uh, we were talking about uh, the topic was uh, children of incest and insider's perspective, and we had the pleasure of having our sister Aziza to join us. Uh, she mm-hmm. will be uh, joining us at the conference. And um, Aziza, in our last few moments, uh, could you just please share with our listening audience what you um, would like to see um, happen and, and what your objective is for participating in the conference this year? Um, well, definitely to, you know, share my experience and my testimony. And I hope that through my story and even the woman that I am today that others can um, realize that, you know, if I could do it, <laughs> if I could do it, if I could be this child that was oppressed and molested and abused in so many crazy ways and uneducated, I got, I was taught until I was 11 years old. And now I am um, an honor student. I am working on two bachelor's degrees. I was a psychology wow. minor. I have my business, my organization. And if people can take that and and use it to inspire themselves and motivate themselves, then I know that my job is done. At the same time, continue to raise awareness and get people talking more and being more comfortable with talking about sexual issues in general and, um, you know, the challenges that we as humans face on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, I always say we are spiritual beings having a human experience and we are meant to make mistakes and learn and grow from them. So that is very well said. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. We look so forward to it. So Tarsha in closing, do you have anything you'd like to say? I just want to thank you so much for your courage and your inspiration and, you know, just being able to give back you know, to so many people. And even (laughs) when I talked to you, I was just very inspired and just being able to have someone that I can relate to was very encouraging. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way because I get the energy as well. You know, I give the energy and I get it right back. And just knowing that I can take something so negative and, and turn it into something positive, that just continues to help in my own healing. Right. All right. Okay, family. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Aziza. Thank you for joining us, family. We will be back here. (laughs) Absolutely. See you in nine days, and we will be back here on next Thursday night. So, family, take care. Break that silence. Heal the pain. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Good night. If I'm around.